Hey guys, welcome to the Manchester City Football Social. Thanks for listening. And don't forget, if you listen to it the first time, make sure you hit that subscribe button. We're going to be talking about Manchester City all night, about the Spurs game, about the FA Cup. I've been just joined as well by Ant McGinley and Alex Hill. Are you right, guys? Yeah, very well. Yeah, lovely podcast. This is fun. weird, though, that you're here now and then you're not going to be here. Oh, yeah, in a Alex minute. is about to be late <laughs> in two minutes from now. But anyway, we'll see you on the other side. Manchester City Football Social with Blue Moon Rising. Hello there, guys. It's my name is Stephen McInerney. I'm here with Ant McGinley, and Alex is not quite. He's here lost yet. a lot of weight, hasn't yeah. he? <laughs> He's stuck in traffic on the Mancuni Way. We can all relate to that. But anyway, this is the Manchester Football Social with Bloom and Rising. We're here for an hour of Manchester City talk. It sounds like absolute heaven. We've got loads to go through today. So if you want to call in about absolutely anything, oh three four five treble one seven six two five. You can text in as well on eight double seven double one because it's twenty nineteen. You can get involved on Twitter as well. MCR. For Social is our at on Twitter, MCR 40 Social. If you want to talk about anything to do with Manchester City, get in contact with the show. And are you okay, mate? Yeah, I'm good. I was just going to say, if you've also got any updates on the traffic on the Mancunian you know, way, Alex <laughs> is listening, that'd be quite good. Alex is probably listening to us now. Alex, get in now. We need you. We need your croaky voice. <laughs> you know those things when you sometimes speak to the radio? Alex can actually do that now. It's great, like it's really nice. <laughs> but anyway, we've got loads to talk about because the games are coming thick and fast at the moment. There's football coming out of everyone's ears at the moment. We've got games uh, just all the time and obviously Manchester City are about to play Tottenham uh, tonight in the Champions League quarterfinals we're going to be talking about that but first we're going to talk about uh, the FA Cup because Manchester City Football Club are through to yet another cup final that's what we do these days isn't it yeah although I have to admit like, do you remember the last time we were in an FA Cup final against the team beginning I with W? I not to talk about it. That's a, <laughs> a little bit nervous about oh, that. I've not even made the connection yet about that, the W yeah, thing. Yeah. Oh, no. Exactly. Oh, no. We're yeah. going there, aren't we? But anyway, this one uh, was obviously secured by a 1-0 victory against Brighton. It wasn't a classic. I think we can all uh, probably agree on that. And maybe some other moments kind of overshadowed yeah, I, the I game. Think, I think if you watch the first five minutes and the last two minutes, it was a good game. Um, that little burst from uh, Sterling at the end when they burst with the turn one and these little legs in those, those socks. I've never seen them move so fast, the, <laughs> the right socks. But uh, apart from that, and, and there was nothing positive that really stood out for me from the game. There was a few bits of argy-bargy. But there was indeed. Uh, we'll go on to Cowboy in a bit, actually. I'd All say right. let's, let's just talk at the, the positives first in terms of we actually are in another Hurricane Cup final. Obviously, as well, Pep said before, and they said after, in general, it's not easy to steamroll every single team. And you've got to give Brian a bit of credit as well. They were up for the battle. Uh, they genuinely put in a lot of effort. Uh, and City, once again, have found a way to win a game that's important to them. And is there an argument to suggest as well that this kind of game, um, this kind of performance, uh, where you don't always do that well, it tends to motivate you more for the next game which is obvious tonight could it be an actual blessing disguise I, th- I think maybe that it's a game with pressure because I, I think losing the final is one thing but losing the game before the final that's that that's the because you, you at least get the runners up medal if you make it all the way to the final so I think there's probably more pressure on you in, in the semi-final in many ways it's interesting and, yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, well you can always say well yeah, we, yeah. We, we got to the final and I, th- I think as well I think it must be starting to creep through at some point because it's very difficult for us as City fans to not talk about the FA Cup in isolation because yeah. it's it's now part of something else and it's this weird thing where we could win the FA Cup we've already won the, won the Carabao Cup uh, and we could win the league, and yet we could still feel unsatisfied at the end of the season. 
depending on what happens in the other competition. Yeah, it's weird how far we come on that front, isn't it? In terms of like how we could have such a great season still feel not like fully whole there. But I'm just genuinely delighted that we're there now because obviously we can put the, uh, the FA Cup to bed now until after the season. It's just really nice, you know, yeah. like you don't have to think about that. And that to me will really help us in the Premier League and the Champions League kind of quest, so to speak, because it's one less trophy to worry about. Yeah, well, I'm looking, really at the fix- nice. looking at the fixture list, it doesn't help us that much. <laughs> no, it really doesn't at all. Uh, in general, talking about FA Cup, uh, we can't really go too far without talking about the uh, ticket prices because they're absolutely... Oh, Alex is here, by the way. Alex Hello, is... Hello Alex. Oh, Yay. Wearing... Did, did you oh, abandon oh, yeah. the car with the hazards on? Though? I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, sorry for my lateness. Um, oh, it's okay, mate. Well, it's Manchester for you. I know, that is Manchester, but I would have been later if it wasn't for the uh, excess Manchester traffic and travel updates. <laughs> get, me, uh, get me here quicker. So. ching And also, Alex is wearing the most wonderful uh, shirt as well. I wish you could see him. It's fantastic. I really like the shirt, Alex. Well done. Cheers, man. I thought I'd dress up for the magic of radio. It's <laughs> brilliant. We were just talking about the FA Cup ticket prices. So I was just about to mention them. I'm not sure if you guys have seen them yet, but they've been announced. Uh, they're typically scandalous. The cheapest ticket is 45, then it's 70, then it's 115, and then 145 pounds. They are the ticket prices for the FA Cup final. And given what uh, obviously the legendary Ina was on the radio yesterday, uh, slating the FA quite a lot, and given all the, the, the talk at the moment around the money in the game and how people are expected to pay for the nose, does, does this feel like yet another slap in the face? A slap in the face, I think, is exactly the right word, isn't it? It sort of reminds me, the way the FA treat football fans in this country. You know when your favourite bands go, oh, we're going to do, do a homecoming show. It's, it's one's for the fans. And you go, oh, it's going to be awesome. And you look at the tickets and they're a million quid. You're like, that's going to be... Yeah. This isn't for the fans. This is for your accountant. That's who it's for. <laughs> I mean, is, is it all down to the FA or is it yes. just... So, so, cause, well, okay, because I was thinking because when, when you go... Because I've been to watch the NFL at Wembley went um, last year and... That was a similar price for it, but at least that way, that's you're getting three or four hours worth of. And the games are so much less frequent. Like you play about eighteen games a season over in the NFL, and we play like up to 50, yeah. 60 games a year. And also, the NFL is everything we don't want this competition to be in terms of like if they're looking to America for their influence, we're screwed. We're genuinely screwed because it's a different sport, it's a different world. It's sanitized, it's corporate, it's commercial. And it's, that would be the death of the beautiful game for me if it went anywhere near that. Is it's there an argument much. to say that they're charging more because we are a club with a lot of money? Because no. because I'd just like to point out, if the FA are listening well, now, Sheikh Mansour's bank account has no relation to mine <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> to, I say to be fair to them, and this is an awful way to, to rephrase it, but they, it's actually the same uh, tickets as prices last year. They froze the prices, which is very kind of them to freeze it at such an exorbitant rate. But yeah, it is the same prices. Uh, it, it just feels a bit, I don't know, a bit gross, doesn't it? Well, I suppose that it comes down to as well, like, how do you choose as well? Like, if, if, because I'm, I'm de- guessing, like, I, I certainly couldn't afford to go to, like, everything this month because I, I did a quick sort of back of a fag packet calculation and to go to all the games that this month was about 700 quid before you put in travel oh. and stuff. Wow. Um, so when when you start to look at things like that and you go, right, well, I'll tell you what, I can, I can get to all the games, a couple of away games, and I can get to one final this season, right? So do you go to... Do you, do you miss the semi-final, which has been a lot of criticism for? And then do you go, well, I've, I've done the Carabao Cup, so I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to go to another one. Like, how do you, you know, as a fan, you want to be at every game. You want, you want to be there. Of course you do. And that, that thing is, I think, I think I want to say this. Like, I'm, I'm seriously considering boycotting the FA Cup final because I think, wow. and, I, and it isn't just the ticket price; it's everything else that goes around it. It's the half, the half five time. So there's, uh, there's no trains that come back to the northwest. 
uh, the appropriate That's time. Uh, yeah. unless, you, unless you gamble, there's a nine o'clock train, so you assume that the game isn't going to go to extra time and penalties. And then you can't enjoy the game because you can't watch the trophy presentation because you think, well, I've got to rush to get the tube to get back my train back to Houston or whatever. Um, so there's all that going on. It's when you, every pub outside the ground wants to charge you, you know, five, six pounds for a pint. And then it's the whole experience of it. It's just you feel like you're being ripped off. I don't begrudge the FA trying to pay off their stadium. I don't begrudge... Um, the pub's trying to make a few quid on the beer. I totally understand why. I understand that we live in a, in a country where people can set their own prices and there's market forces to play. But what, what I object to is this sort of weird narrative that has been built. And the people who have built that are, they're professional journalists, they are multimillionaire ex-footballers, people with the idea <laughs> yeah. of this empty seats brigade. We're all match-going fans. We all know that Manchester City have empty seats home and away. We've all seen it at certain games. We've also seen Liverpool, Manchester United, Arsenal, Chelsea, Tottenham, yeah. all on empty seats. Barcelona, Real Madrid. Yeah. Barcelona, Real Madrid. If that proves your point to you, people, you can go as a tourist to the new camp and see a I game. I did the research the in the world. because research <laughs> helps win arguments. Essentially, I did the research and they they average about seventy k seats in their hundred k stadium per game, and they've been as low as forty k this season. Uh, but no one really says anything because it's Barcelona. But you know, Barcelona like, as well, you can literally walk down the Ramblers and they've got little ticket offices, and you can just as long as it's not like a, against Real Madrid, yeah. you can just literally on the day go up and buy a ticket in an official thing and walk into the ground. I feel like in general people have just got uh, the letting football rivalry getting ahead of important matters that affect all of us as fans in general but like we're getting very much down the ticket thing here. Alex you've just walked in obviously it'd be great to hear your opinions on the game at the weekend because obviously we're through to another cup final. We are through to another cup final uh, I, th- I thought it, it's um, it's a real shame that like, this whole weird ticket thing is, is overtaken that. Because, yeah you know, it shouldn't we, should we, it really. It's, uh, <laughs> because I suppose we wouldn't be having this conversation if we only, only have one trip to Wembley this season and the fact that we're going back <laughs> and you keep you, you keep well, being yeah. reminded and it's exciting I thought um, what I I think was is sort of put on the table is I only thought we were at six or seven out of ten throughout yeah. the whole game. I don't even think um, no discredit to Brighton, but they didn't push us, they didn't force us, and it wasn't the exhausting game um, that I think tonight will be. I think um, it just sort of shows how we're leveling up that even at a canter we can get to cup finals, um, and it's a great time to be a blue. You hinted it before, Ant, about the uh, the Walker thing. Now, obviously, that's kind of split opinion. I'm quite old school, really. I thought the Walker thing wasn't ascending off. A lot of people are probably laughing now hearing that, but I kind of thought it was just, you know, is you basically get context. Uh, Walker, right, he's, um, for one, he's playing at Wembley, so that adds to the atmosphere. Yeah, Two, football. he's a, a really kind of passionate, you know, he's a passionate footballer. Uh, the blood's pumping, the adrenaline's racing, the testosterone's all over the place. They've got a massive game against Spurs, his former club, coming up a few days later. And obviously, at the moment, City are fighting on all fronts. To me, I think the referee looked at that and thought, these are two players who are niggling at each other here. He stamped on his leg, he's head-butted them. The VAR seen it and thought, they're just annoyed at each other. They'll calm down, it's yeah. yellow. And well, the thing was, it, it wasn't a stamp in the true sense, because I think there was a bit of a... Well, he knew even, what he was doing. You could sometimes see it in slow-mo. You see the little thought pop in there and think, he's having this. The, that didn't happen. There wasn't enough time <laughs> for that to happen in this. But Walker's not seen because he's got his back to him. And obviously thought... I've got this, and that's my problem with it because I think what Walker's done, and obviously he's pumped up, he's retaliated effectively. He's got up and he's got in the guy's face. Now, I, I said this on Sunday with, with, with Alex on the show. Like, if you did that at work or down the pub, you know, that's, you know, there's, something's going to go off if, if that happens. Like, you know, and, and you off the premises that work and something else if you're in the pub when you do that. But I think the way the game's going, I think it, it, we're moving towards a stage where 
although there's been this big debate about, well, it was the contact and he didn't move his head forward and that kind of thing. I think it's going to get to the stage where almost it's going to be, there has to be like a six inch gap between you at all times. Otherwise, <laughs> it's a penalty. You. No, I can, I can see that happening. Uh, to me, um, I think in general, obviously with the work thing, is like if we were that riled up at work, you're not in the right job for one. Put it out there because <laughs> you shouldn't be that angry at work in general. But I don't know. I like to give him the. I think the referee in general did the right thing. I think footballers, it's so so much at stake, and we forget how much footballers actually yeah. do care. We think because they're, they're um, uh, because they're millionaires and whatever, and because they've got the dream job, like they they just be able to switch off emotion. And like, I actually met my best mate by getting into a fight him at football, you know, because I was <laughs> that was at a five a side thing. Like, and we just kicked it off afterwards. Like, sorry about that. And then we just came mates, you know, kind of eventually. But the point is, it happens to all of us. And why would it be any different footballers? But it doesn't necessarily mean. It, to me, it's like if an orange card existed, that would what be because right because if you think about what a red card means, it means you're off for the game and it means you're off for the next two or three games sure. of the suspension. It wasn't that bad to warrant that. So that's why I think the referee probably decided. I, I, I do sit sort of halfway on this one because I think if I was a Brighton fan, I would still be complaining about it now. But it was <laughs> red. I think as a City fan, you don't want it to be a red card. Um, I think we sort of look at it through those two. But I, I love the passion. I love the passion of it. I, I, I want. I want my players to care as much as Walker does, but I, I just worry that in the Champions League... Oh, yeah, definitely. He's, he's oh, going to be walking. I'm not going to deny, yeah. that. Going to deny that. And he's very lucky, obviously. But, um, you know, look plays a big part in football. And how, how important this is now, Alex, to, uh, to... Essentially, is it really... Is it a massively good thing that we can put this game to side now until after the season? The FA Cup final? We'd have to think about the FA Cup now for another, like, five, six weeks, potentially. Yeah, I think it's um, it's, it's great to have the locker to have looked forward to. I think... And it's just that whole culture of it now is that we're winning games. With, it's such a cliche word nowadays, but the momentum of it, you know... Final big celebrations on the coach on the way back to take that mentality going into the next game, you know, and it means we can now shift our focus to the champions. Were you concerned about the performance at all? Because it wasn't a great performance, was it? Really, for being honest, and I, like I said before, it was six or seven out of ten. But it feels like we're gear, it feels like we're gearing up rather than gearing mm. down. You know, it feels like we're accelerating. I, I, I like how it's going, and I think I, I would pref- weirdly I prefer a one nil and a seven out of ten performance than it's a four nil, but we exhaust ourselves. And we look uh, yeah. a shell of what we're capable of tonight. Um, dare I say tonight is a bigger game than the Brighton game, I think. Um, um, I'm more nervous about the Palace game as a City fan, but I'm looking forward to that. But uh, I, I would say, at least with the Champions League, we've got another chance out in the second leg. So individually, I probably would go for the FA Cup there. But I can see where you, where you come from that. I think to the board members and you know to Mansour, not, they want the Champions League more than the FA Cup, don't they? So, so here's something else, talking about sort of narratives and the size of games. I've sort of... It feels like the conversation is so um, it's so driven around the quadruple. That's what everyone talks about. That if we won the treble this year, yeah. I really, really think it would be branded as a failure. Yeah, that people <laughs> would moan about it. Would, go, oh, I can't believe we the, the Champions League. We only won the treble. Would know? that be without the FA Cup then, or without? I think treble, whatever. Domestic I think, treble. I, yeah. Interestingly as well, did you see what uh, Pep said in the the press conference this week? He says, you know, why oh, yeah, it, why now is the Community Shield not counted as a trophy? Now, I don't know if he was having a dig at uh, Mourinho, obviously he famously counted that as one, because he says, surely we should be talking about the, the quintuple. <laughs> I can see uh, producer Niall's face recoiling in horror. We, we had an argument yesterday off air about that. And I essentially said, but why not? Why, I, I actually kind of agree, because we don't count it, none of us English fans count the Community Shield as a thing, whereas in Spain or Germany, they count these kind of equivalent trophies as actually being important. Oh, I want to go for it all. Oh, let's go for a couple. <laughs> let's go League Cup, FA Cup, Champions League, Premier League, Manchester Reserves, Open Shield, the <laughs> under-16s, we'll take them all. They're, uh, you know, the Stockport, Sunday afternoon, five aside, we'll take them. Trivia question. The only team to not manage to sit out of a cup competition this season? Go on, anyone? 
You're confused, look at me. Yeah, very. Check a day trophy. We had the team in that Sunderland. Oh, yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so essentially, yeah. <laughs> I see some fists flying around the studio there. But yeah, that's uh, the only team that knocked us out. That We could have concluded that, couldn't we, as well, if we'd won that, I imagine. But obviously we didn't get to check a Che trophy. But in general, um, I- I'm really happy about the FA Cup. In general, though, do you feel like it's got the same uh, prestige anymore? Because it feels like maybe it's because we've got like uh, bigger fish to fry in terms of the title race is really, really intense. And obviously no. the Champions League, what we want. I, I, I actually also personally enjoy the League Cup more these days. I know that sounds sacrilegious, but I think I love the fact that it's mid-season and you get that boost in February and you get to see some young players involved. It feels like more fun to me. Uh, it's just a personal take on it, but you know. I, I think with the, the League Cup, it seems to still be, you get these occasional moments of, of, a, of an upset in it, but it's still very much the bigger teams that come through. With the FA Cup, it, you still have that whole cliche of the magic of the cup and you do genuinely feel that you know like there's going to be something and Elton John's going to be there on the day <laughs> and it's just like anything can, and, and that anything what, can happen Elton yeah. John's going to be there yeah. well I'll tell you what the thing is you watch you watch the, the day after us the semi-final between Wolves and Watford what a game that was and yeah, was and, and, and so I'd rather a game like that than the game we had against Brighton Obviously, I'd prefer we were on the right side of it. Having said that, the Carabao Cup final was a really good game. You know, the Chelsea-Manchester City one, I know it went to penalties in the end, but that was a fantastic game. But anyway, guys, we're going to be back in a, uh, in a bit after a break, but don't forget, head over to Manchester Footy Social, our Twitter page, because we're compiling a worst ever City and United 11. We're getting votes in positions. I think, what's up at the moment? Is it right back? So yeah. basically, go and vote for the worst ever Manchester right back and help compile this dreadful 11. It'll give you nightmares. Anyway, we'll be back talking about the Spurs game after the break. See you in a bit. Manchester City Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Manchester City Football Social with Blue Moon Rising. Hello, welcome back to the Manchester Football Social with Blue Moon Rising. We are talking all things City. My name's Alex Hilton. I'm here in the studio with Stephen McInerney Hello. and Ant McGinley. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, 0345-117625-087711 on the text at MCR Footy Social. Just noticing on the uh, traffic and travel, they didn't mention Mancunian Way. Maybe you were the problem. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Ford Fiesta Park blocking everybody. I do apologise. <laughs> Guys, uh, it's a big game tonight. Again, another massive game. We've got Spurs in the Champions League quarterfinals. You know why I'm nervous? Because what happened this time last year, we had uh, another English team in the quarterfinals. The narrative then was all about a stadium, Anfield, and the narrative tonight is all about uh, another stadium, yeah. uh, the Tottenham Hotspur Spurs Stadium. Have, so. have, we, have we had any bus news? Because that's what we were <laughs> yeah. this time last, last year, weren't we? I can't imagine a, a rude awakening from the Spurs fans on that front. Can anyone really imagine? Oh, yeah. is, it, is it actually going to be an issue, this stadium thing, in your opinion? Um, I think certainly for Spurs, I, th- I think, you know, Harry Kane and Deli Alley, I'm sure, will be sort of getting that sort of rose tinted uh, White Hart Lane vision. I think it's it's an exciting thing for any club, isn't it? A new ground, yeah. and it will mean an awful lot. But also, the effect that it will have on Spurs, I think, if we score first, I, yes. Spurs, I, I, I hate to say it, but they, they've got that potential to bottle in them. I think they'll <laughs> panic if they're rattled and they're a big news day and they won't want to embarrass themselves and the pressure's on them more than it's on us. How did you feel when the when the draw came out? Because last year at, at when we when we got Liverpool, it was the one team I feared getting in the draw last year. Yeah. This year I wasn't I didn't feel frightened about any team that were potentially coming out. Well, for me, I I, I did a video on my YouTube channel and I ranked through the teams, and these are the ones that I wanted second out of the draw, out of the eight, te- you know, the seven other teams. Like it was Porto first, then Spurs, and then after that, I didn't want Ajax after that because I presumed Ajax would just be more of a 
kind of unknown in general, largely. We, we win games against Spurs. We just tend to these days. We want to last free, you know, against them. Uh, and quite comfortably, really, if we're being honest. Uh, and Spurs, they're obviously a very good team. But you've got to also bear in mind that during this draw, their, their form was terrible. You know, like, I'm going to look at the fixtures recently. Obviously, they won the first game at the new stadium, the shiny new stadium, 2-0 against Crystal Palace. Before that, though, they lost to Liverpool 2-1. They lost to Southampton 2-1. They did beat Dortmund, I'll give you that. But then they drew it against Arsenal 1-0. Lost to Chelsea. Lost to Burnley. Uh, so in general, their form is really hit and miss at the moment. So it's really strange that we're going to Champions League game tonight. And I don't feel that nervous. Um, I think it's because we've got two games to get mm. uh, ahead of a team, which I think we are without a doubt better than. And I think we've got a bit of a confidence at the moment. And I also don't really fear this stadium because I feel it is. How can you fear something that no one really knows yet, if that makes sense? Like Spurs fans are uncomfortable though. Yeah, they'll be looking around at this shiny new thing and they'll be excited, but I don't think they'll be, be able to create a hostile atmosphere because hostility comes from like history somewhere and it comes from familiarity. Uh, and at the moment, it'll all be choreographed. Choreographed. I can't even say that word tonight. I'm too tired. <laughs> they can't say the, like. I feel like it's yeah expecting too much for it to be an actual impact. If anything, it could make Spurs more nervous because they've got to perform in front of their own fans. Well, they did have that poster going around. I don't know if you saw that earlier in the year. It was the only place to watch Champions League football in London this season. Oy. And this potentially could be the only game they get uh, of the Champions League <laughs> at the stadium this year. I, I think you've uh, you've hit the nail on the head there, Steve. Because when you at a new ground, it must be strange. Because I think with at the Etihad now, I've sat in the same seat for years and years and years and years. And you build a relationship with people whose name you don't even know. People who just sort of sit two or three seats away and you go, oh, that, that's the guy that always moans about that and that's the person who did that. And uh, I remember when we beat this team yeah, yeah. and that happened. And like 93-20, you know, I can see the people the people up jumping up around me mm. and you're hugging and kissing. And those moments, and you feel much more confident making noise and atmosphere with people that you've been familiar with for a decade. Yeah. And I think for White Hart Lane, the people who've never met people sat next to and sort of and know, if, that I, awkward I, atmosphere. That is so important. As thanks. well, because if you think about it, like no matter how long you've been, you've been a City fan, there have been changes. You know, first and foremost, you're going to have gone through manager changes and squad changes. But then we've had a couple of badge changes. You know, uh, if you go back, you were at Main Road before the Etihad, all that. And actually, the thing that stays constant is the people around you. Yeah, it's the people that you go to the pub to watch the games yeah. with, the people you watch at home with, or the people that you stand next to, and so they're not going to necessarily have that. I don't, I don't know if they've necessarily because I know they kind of built it on the footprint of the old stadium, haven't yeah. they? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if they've kind of done something that that arranges that, but everybody's raving about this place like it's the Starship Enterprise. It does look beautiful. <laughs> Starship Enterprise, that'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Maybe they could beam up some good results because their form has been really bad recently. Oh, what a zinger that was. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Pochettino, <laughs> Pochettino basically has been saying uh, in the press conference before that this could be the biggest game of his uh, career as a coach, which I guess... <laughs> Once again, levels really, I guess. In general, um, Guardiola has been here. He's done it a million times. Um, but... Are we underestimating Spurs here a little bit? You know, like, because I feel personally like I am, and I feel like I'm probably getting a bit carried away because they're still Spurs. You know, they've got Ericsson, they've got Son, one of the best players in the league this mm. year. They've got Deli Ali, they've got Harry Kane. I know the midfield maybe is a bit light, but this is a team that um, that we, sh we sh probably should um, take. I'm sure Guardiola takes them a lot more seriously than I do, put it that way. Um, but are we underestimating them a little bit? Uh, I think they've got to be respected, haven't they? Harry Kane has scored 17 goals in 17 Champions League games. That's a phenomenal record for any striker. We, we forget. That they're like you say, there are three or four elite footballers that um, Spurs are going to put out. I think they've got, um, you know, they've been underestimated in pretty much every round so far. They did beat Dortmund, 
very yeah. convincingly. Yeah. They've beaten Real Madrid. You know, they, they've taken some of the best teams in Europe on. And if we're going to call ourselves one of the best teams in Europe, you've got to look at what other teams have... Um, how they've underestimated. This Champions League has been full of shocks. Who saw Ajax get into the quarterfinals? Um, Manchester City, we're a club that have been favourites, you know, uh, for most of the games we've been knocked out again. We were favourites against Monaco. Dare I say we were favourites against Liverpool last year? You know, yeah. and we, we should yeah, and even go back with favourites against Celtic and that didn't go too well either. Precisely. It, you know, and we have never, ever, ever beaten English opposition in your European competition. That terrifies me. I hate omens and that's a big one. You know. One man who could change that... Uh, Sergio Aguero, now apparently he's fit. He's been training with the first team. Uh, he was training on the, the gorgeous new pitch yesterday at the stadium. Um, is it a bit of a risk to start him at the moment? You know, because I wouldn't. I, I'm too scared what he could mean if he gets an injury. But I do expect him to be on the bench. But is, it seems too much to me. I think that the the plus point is exactly what you just said. It's a gorgeous new pitch. It's not like the yeah. last time we went down to London to play oh, Spurs. Terrible, wasn't where it? We played them the day after the NFL. And that was like, literally, you know, like when you used to play down the field the day after the tractor had cut the grass. It was basically <laughs> like that. Um, Throwing so, clumps of grass at each other. <laughs> I love those bits. That was good fun. Uh, but yeah, so I, so I think if, if, he, if he's going to get through a game without a problem, I think it's going to be there. I, I think... The interesting thing for me about that is, is Pochettino's describing that as his most important match. And we're in this month of, as, as you said earlier, Alex, about the, the quadruple and everything being focused on that. Everyone's talking about it as like, we've got to win every game. Can they win every game? And actually, when it comes down to it, we could get through uh, this with two draws, you know, if the results yeah. go our right way. So, so there is a little bit of... You know, we've we've got a chance to take it easy. I'm not saying we should take it easy, but if things go wrong tonight, we do have a chance to address it and, and put it right. Which yeah. is obviously, uh, which is obviously a, a huge factor. That's why I'm, I guess maybe that's why I'm not too nervous because I do just trust us to sort it. Although, yet, although we didn't do that last year. <laughs> yeah. Stop bringing up Liverpool. <laughs> it terrifies me still. Don't Stop say that Thinking about it. Uh, onto the left back problem because obviously we'll know the team is by the way in like twelve minutes. We reckon he goes a bit early on Champions League night. So uh, obviously keep listening because we'll have the team news and we'll react to that as it happens. But um, one big question mark obviously at the moment is left back because obviously you know um, Mandy's just come back. He was okay at the weekend of four in general. Uh, Zinchenko's currently out injured. Who can we see starting tonight uh, at left back? I can, I think it could be Laporte personally. Um, it could be it could be a range of people with Guardiola you never really, really yeah, know well, I mean, I mean Delph is still out isn't he so there's yeah. no chance of him coming back in which would be the other go-to who would go for that yeah I think um, I mean there's a range of options to go for um, a Laporte would be a really really interesting one um, I think the only question mark I would have is that Spurs have an awful lot of pace uh, out wide and I wouldn't uh, back Laporte in a foot race if he was coming up against say Ericsson or Danny Rose or um uh, you know there, there is that but then also I think you look at uh, Ben Mendy I thought he was great at the weekend great. I thought bearing in mind he's a player who's played about 10 minutes of football in and he's been up till half three every <laughs> night dancing <laughs> on tables um, lock up your daughters Ben Mendy's about but you know what <laughs> Ben Mendy is sort of still into a much more polite Balotelli sort of figure at Manchester City and I think a polite Balotelli um, you know, I, 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 get behind I, that. It's like, does that mean he asks permission before setting the fireworks off in your bathroom? Well, <laughs> I think he sort of does because whereas Balotelli, there was a sort of almost love hate relationship with Mancini. He was like a naughty schoolboy. I think Ben Mendy's like a sort of a very cute Labrador that wees on your carpet. You can't, 
You can't stay about a little cute Ben Mendy. Do you know what I mean? Because he's just well, so I'd, much I'd, fun. I'd love to see you stay calm if he came round and peed on your carpet. <laughs> well, whatever you're into, that, I'm not going to judge you for that kind of stuff. Whatever, you know, floats your boat and all that. Do you think he's actually going to get his form back, though? Because my worry, I'm an eternal pessimist because I'm a lifelong Manchester City fan, so that is always the angle I choose. Pessimism, sadly. But I, I'm worried that... It's just a lot of injuries. And he's, I remember when he played his first game for City, he looked absolutely lightning quick. Um, and I know he's not obviously maybe fully uh, testing himself, but you do wonder if like two years of injuries are going to take the toll on his physicality because that was a big part of his, his ability. I mean, we, we have a history of, of players, and I suppose lots of clubs have. Yeah. Players come in with big fanfare and then having a big injury. Um, so I'm thinking, do you remember Bozhinov? You know, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, and and he came. He looked great enough. It was it two games, three games, and he broke his leg, and then again, sh- and, again, uh, and, again. and again and again, and 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 that was it. And uh, similarly across across the road, down Dublin, going to United, and and Alan Smith both broke their legs very early on as well. So, uh, not that I'm shedding a tear for those, but uh, it, it it does happen. But then at the same time, look at the squad that we've got and the players that we've got. Yeah, like De Bruyne has had what three knee. Injuries since he's joined us. Oh, it's, yeah. Either way, Aguero's had a couple of surgeries as well. Oh, Company is, is is like RoboCop now. The way he, <laughs> he's been through everything. So I, I'm not I'm not ruling it out, but you can understand as well that if you've been through that surgery or that operation or that injury, the coming back, you're a little tentative when you get back there, and it takes you a while to get into it. And you see a lot of times, and it happened with De Bruyne early in the season, you bring people back too soon. Yeah. Would you start him tonight then, not or not? Yes. Yes, Alex. I would start him. I would start him. But I, I do think uh, with Mendy and the injuries and the, the recurring issues, uh, I'm not a physio. I don't work behind the club. Uh, <laughs> don't see behind the scenes that are how things go on. <laughs> Thank but God the for difference that. between Mendy and Zinchenko <laughs> is that all we've seen out of Zinchenko for the last three days is videos in the gym. Uh, and sort of he's very very quick uh, keen to a lot of photos going out of him look how hard I'm working look what I'm doing here I'm trying to get fit again I want to play can't wait for the next match can't wait to get behind the boys with Ben Mendy we don't get that and there's lots of him running up another touchline in in all the latest Mm. fashion and there's lots of him (laughs) going off to these places and exploring the world I do wonder a little bit if how much of those recurring injuries and that time it is taking to get back fit how much of that is on the shoulders of Ben Mendy and as much as he obviously loves being a footballer how much he actually loves doing the football well I think even if you go back to the, the all or nothing documentary of last season when you look at that Zinchenko <laughs> was, was just there and he was just kind of like going you kind of felt like he'd kind of like won the lottery a little bit to be there and he was just like I'm really lucky to be here but he was trying his damnedest to be there and make the most of it whereas Mendy was off going to Super Bowls and all these different yeah. things and doing the social media which he's, he's got in trouble for so I think in terms of the, the characteristics I think Zinchenko personality wise is more the type of footballer that the Guardiola yeah. wants it's just a shame he's not fit isn't it like one person though we can definitely not question the focus of is Kevin De Bruyne you know it looks to me like his legs are catching up with his head now you know finally he's getting back to his he was fantastic uh, the other night uh, against uh, the game before Brighton I've forgotten my mind's gone blank uh, when he got the assist and scored the goal Cardiff yeah. uh, he was fantastic then um, in general uh, he's been quite uh, loud as well in the press conference incidentally I go back to the stadium thing briefly he did say before and it's classic De Bruyne 
Rice, who's always blunt, which I quite enjoy in his press conferences. He said, I don't care about the stadium. I care about the team we play. Everybody talks about the stadium like it's something special. Everybody has a stadium. Everybody has supporters, which is classic Kevin De Bruyne there. And do you know what? He's got a point, but I'll be actually seeing the best of De Bruyne now and how important can he be? Because he's got generally pretty good record against Spurs. He scored a few goals against them. Uh, he's the kind of guy who scores a, a big goal on a big Champions League night. Could he be the difference tonight? I, I think it, it doesn't really matter who he's playing against. It just depends on how fit he is and where his head's at. Because I think what we saw in the semi-final on Saturday with that ball in, it was, I'll have to watch it again to be sure, but it was getting to that stage where, I, th- I think was it Chelsea last season when they came up to the Etihad? He just put on this performance where I swear to God, the whole game, he didn't look every time he played a pass. And he just has this ability. Yeah. And and we were talking about this earlier off air, Steve. You know, is that his brain or is that just how well he fits into the system? Because he knows if he puts balls in these areas, the players are going to be there or moving into them. I think the system fits him, really, in general. I think he's that intelligent that Guardiola gives him um, a license to do what he wants. I remember reading an interview uh, about him. And apparently, when he's coached, when he was training, when he was younger, he said uh, he reminded him of Cruyff because Cruyff, uh, like Kev, apparently, uh, most players see the like 10, 20, metres around him you reckon that De Bruyne can see 67 metres around him and almost like see the pitch top down he's an absolutely special player and I think tonight uh, he could be absolutely crucial because uh, this is, I think it's going to be a tight game than we realise I think De Bruyne has obviously got a bit of magic in his boots he's got uh, an ability to kind of pull nothing out of the hat but fingers crossed um, he's at his very best tonight but anyway we'll be back uh, after a little break in a bit we're going to be talking about the team news fingers crossed by the time we're back uh, he should be we should know the 11 and hopefully it's not too many surprises in there want it a nice strong team but anyway guys we'll be back after the break uh, with more of the Bloomer Rising show Manchester City Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Manchester City Football Social with Blue Moon Rising. Thanks for joining us. The Manchester City Football Social with Blue Moon Rising. I'm Ant McGinley. Alongside me, Alex Hilton and Steve McInerney. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do so very easily. Yeah, give us a text, 87711. Get in touch on Twitter, at MCR Footy Social. Or give us a ring, 0345 7625. Don't be scared. There's still time to join in. We'd love to hear from you. Guys, guess what? Team, the team news has oh, actually yes. happened. Right. Do you know what? There's a few surprises here, and um, it's made us look like right mugs based on what we've been saying. Uh, we've got Edison in goal, so uh, no surprises Shocker. there. Walker, Laporte, Otamendi, and the big drum roll for left back. Have a guess. The invisible man, Fabian Delph. Yeah, Fabian Delph wow. is left back. Where's wow. that there? Then we've got Fernandinho, Gundogan, Silva. No De Bruyne in midfield. Gundogan and Silva, the creative roles there. Silva being the captain. No Bernardo. Uh, we've got Bernardo's not even in the squad, from what I can tell, which Whoa. is absolutely terrifying. Uh, then we've got Mares, Sterling, and Sergio Aguero get start. Where do, where do we start with that team? It's absolutely wild and not what I was expecting. And how big is that for Mares and Delph, two players uh, out from the cold there? Initial reactions, guys? Yeah, it's massive. Well, I, I, like I said, this, this is a game where we do have a comeback if it all goes wrong. And uh, we've got a big couple of games ahead of us as well so I think you can't look at this game in pure isolation I do I do really like Delph he gets a bit enthusiastic sometimes with some of his tackles uh, but I think otherwise he's honest and I think he's been brilliant as as a left I think he's he's played far more games at left back than he's played in in his because he's he's more like a defensive midfielder centre midfielder isn't he traditionally Um, so I've been very pleased with him especially last season Um, I think he'll do alright for us tonight 
He's got to have to, really, isn't he? Because Pep will absolutely frostle him if he doesn't. So <laughs> he's got no choice. He's got to do. I love Fabian Delph. I, I genuinely think he's uh, like one of the most important players in the squad because he can play in a field play left back. I think we will forget last year Fabian Delph was the best left back in England. Yeah. Well, fact. He's <laughs> a player that would um, he would die to be on that pitch tonight, Fabian Delph, and he absolutely works his socks off. He's a great player to have in your team. He gives it a bit of bite, and t- tonight it could be a famous one. And it's players like him you need on the pitch to make a difference. Well, there's no Mendy on the bench, so I guess. Uh, I guess that answers one of the problems anyway I guess Mendy is for whatever reason hope it's not like a relapse or a bit of swelling or something like that but he's not involved uh, so in terms of our defensive options on the bench we've got Company uh, and John Stones um, essentially there they've got De Bruyne Sane Gabriel Jesus and Phil Foden no Bernardo Silva that is genuinely terrifying where is Bernardo <laughs> Pep's right hand man this season in terms of reliability yeah but then again like I say like, I'm just looking at the fixtures ahead so we've got we've got Palace coming up on Sunday and then like that, that's He's the, not in the squad, though. But you've got you've got two games against Spurs, which are crucial. One in the league, the second leg of this game, and then it's the derby. And all those games are very important. So to give Bernardo a couple of days, I, I can see that. And also, it gives a wonderful opportunity for Mares here. You know, Mares. You know, he's, he still managed to rack up eleven goals for us this season, but still, generally, the feeling is he hasn't delivered. And I think he's still. Am I right? He's still our record signing. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so. This is an opportunity for him to do it, and he's in Champions League again. So yeah, it's a really big night for Morris, and obviously he has the quality there. Um, there's, there's more changes than I've suspected. I'm not going to lie. The Bernardo thing, I'm generally baffled by. It must be an injury. It must be a doubt because he'd be on the bench ahead of Phil Foden because he's so versatile and because of his seniority. Um, the do, Aguero do think, thing. Do you think? I think I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't doubt that Bernardo is more senior than Phil Foden, and he's better. But, but more that it's an injury. I think I wouldn't put it past Pep that Pep's always got the thing that no one's undroppable. No one's more important in the team and I think that uh, he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't fear giving anyone a rest and um oh, he wouldn't rest him now though would he well do you remember the quote from uh, the documentary which I can't say now he's like when he said you're tired bleep you and that's what he said so apparently he doesn't really do tired at this time of the season I think he'd be on the bench if Aguero was involved in this game a man who's only trained one training session surely Bernardo would be on the bench but, but, but which game do you rest him for uh, well I think to put him on the bench just not play him because he's not going to get uh, I don't know. To me, it seems it must be. It just has to be. I'm going to do that thing where you search around and see if there's actually any kind of news on that. Uh, Aguero, though, are we? Is this a good call? Are we taking a bit of a risk here, given you know that he's obviously only just got back to full oh, fitness. Well, the thing is, like he, he's just been on fire. The, this sort of post Christmas, he's been. He, he had a bit of a wobble, a bit of an injury, and uh, I, I think people got upset last week because of the two games, and people made him the double captain in fantasy football, and uh, then he got dropped, so they were a little bit worried about that. But no, I think I, I think Aguero will do very well tonight again, and uh, you know I, I, I was so pleased that Gabriel got the goal and, and the cup as well, so he's not a bad backup to have on the bench for him. Um, yeah, I think, you know, Sergio will do what Sergio does, doesn't he? And I'm sure he'll probably only play 60 minutes uh, before he's introduced. My my big worry, and I wouldn't have started him uh, for the reason being that he's got a yellow card. Um, he's got the um, one booking and he's barred, I guess, Champions League banned for one game. Um, I would rather have him definitely available and fit and firing for the second leg at home, yeah. which I think is where this tie will be won and lost. Um and also then, if he does get the suspension in that game, it's the first leg of the semi-final rather oh, okay. than the second leg of the Is that how it works? I didn't realise that. Um, no, it's the next jump. Oh, yeah, don't, sorry. Don't, yeah. don't they do a, a wiping stage in, in this? I think they've passed that stage now, I reckon. 
My yeah. expertise doesn't go beyond the quarterfinals. Yeah, okay. quarter yeah. I managed the City fan, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Otto Mendy's also on a yellow as well. Um, I mean, a lot of people are saying on Twitter that maybe we should have um, had company at centre-back and then maybe Laporte at left-back, given the fact he's played there this season. Against uh, Salah, the Liverpool game was really good there. I can slightly see that point of view. Um, I'm slightly overreacting here, worrying about this team, because you know we still are a better team than Spurs. I've not even seen Spurs' lineup yet. They've I've, only just released it. I've got it right here. Um, don't go on. So, interesting from Spurs, they've gone 4-2-3-1. Uh, Hugo Lloris starts in goal and he wears the armband. Uh, Kieran Trippier, Toby Alderweireld, Jan Vertonghen, Danny Rose as a back four. Um, Sissoko, Harry Winks starts for Spurs. Okay. Uh, what a night for him. And then there's three, uh, Ericsson, at Delhi and Son behind Harry Kane. So a pretty attacking lineup. That uh, big night for Harry Winks, I think. I know he's been playing a lot of football for Spurs lately, but um, that'll be one of the biggest games that he's played, in, I'm sure. And I think I, I, I like I like that lineup. I really fancy David Silva and Ilkay Gundogan to give Sissoko and you Harry know, Winks a really hard night. And do you know what? Riyad Mahrez likes to turn a player inside out. Big fan of Kieran Trippier, but one-on-one... I think oh, his form's bad as well, though. Yeah, he I really think he's is. not mistaken him. I think I, I sort of quite like the idea of Mahrez getting some out of him tonight. I'd hope so, because um, we, all, we all know that Mahrez has the ability, but I think it's fair to say from any City fans' perspective, we're surprised he's starting tonight. I think that's fair, because he's... he's I'm not saying he's been ostracised, but his form... Guardiola does he's a fair manager if you're the best player in the position you can play you and at the moment obviously it's been Bernardo uh, keeping Sane out of the team no Sane as well which is mm. interesting you know Mares is left headed would you be worried now um, if you were Leroy Sane because you know you think you'd be next in line given you've got like 15 goals and having however many assists so far this season that you think you'd be the one to play with Sterling uh, as well at why when Bernardo's not I, in the squad I, at all I don't know because like, there was that, that moment at the start of the season where he was out for quite a few games and there was a lot of talk and obviously I think he was having a base Maybe at the time and yeah. things were unsettled at home for him and um but he, he he was so good when he came in and, and maybe as well it's just like he's still like what how old is he 21 oh yes like, yeah. yeah yeah so he, he, he's still a relatively young player and maybe he's just kind of like pacing him through the season uh i i, I wouldn't worry and i think i've been disappointed with mares but i really want to see him to do well i'm, I'm fully behind him tonight um I'm not putting any money on him, but <laughs> in other ways, I'm fully behind him. He's got to step up tonight, essentially, because yeah. um, I hate it, this side of it, but this, this, it happens with every team. There's always one guy who's going to get a bit more stick, um, especially given the fact he missed a penalty this season in a big game. So people in general aren't really keen on Mars at the moment, but this could be his night for a redemption, really. I guess, uh, you know, sometimes you need a big moment. And in the Champions League, I know there was a second leg, but this game could go a long way to decide how far we go in this competition. Like... Yeah. It's huge for him. And if he scores the winner tonight, guess or at least gets an away goal, that could be absolutely critical, couldn't it, in the second leg? So. Certainly could. I, th- I think it's a, um, redemption is a really interesting word because there's this weird uh, atmosphere around Mahrez at the minute. Because, uh, although I feel very uh, conflicted because we're very spoiled as City fans. Uh, and Mahrez would get into, would start for every team outside the top four in the Premier League. I believe that. And I include uh, United and Chelsea in that, I think, at the minute. Um, we forget how good a player Mahrez is. He's got 11 goals this year and yet City fans moan about him. Yeah. He's a little bit um, frustrating to watch at times. There's a little bit of uh, the Jesus Navas syndrome uh, that creeps in a little with him. But he's, he's you know, that's a, a lovely problem to have when a luxury player like Riyad Mahrez is perhaps the weak link in the squad. That said, he's a £60 million footballer and um, a similar price that we played for Kevin De Bruyne. Think of the amazing things that De Bruyne has achieved in the Premier League alone and everything else on top of that. 
you do need Mares to start paying off his price tag. And those sorts of players have to have a big moment in their history. If Mares scored a winner tonight or there was a wonderful cross that, that created a goal and we talked about that Mares cross from Spurs away in the Champions League, it would give him his moment to go, look, but I am an elite footballer. This is what I do. I'm being devil's advocate here is the danger that he's already had that moment. His big moment and his big season was with Leicester. Oh, yeah. But in terms of in Manchester City folklore, um, you know, and, oh, 100%, uh, he won the Premier pre- League for a season. He, he doesn't have any critics to answer uh, in what he's capable of. But in, then he was a £500,000 footballer True. that had come out of the French second division and had no one to impress. If you, he was going to pick his own price tag, but if you move for £60 million, I want to see some results. I want to see some £60 million worth of football. Here's a little stat for you. Um, Fabian Delft starting off. We've already talked about what we think about that. He's only started two games in 2019, Burton and Swansea. So I think it's fair to say, given his injuries at the moment, this is a big ask for him. It's a big step up because uh, I think he, he's annoyed Pep, didn't he, with like you know his sendings off and whatever. And in general, kind of, he'd been quite rash. But uh, I want to know, like, is, is Fabian Delft of last season in that form? Was it kind of an anomaly, anomaly in general? Is this like mean reversion? So he's gone back to where he should be. No, I uh, think it's just that Zinchenko stepped up. I think that's what it is. I think Zinchenko has just got a lot better. And I think that that's the position that he's in. Um, we've not got much time left. So before we go, I just want to mention the fact that obviously we've got the Derby on the 24th. And uh, we're running a thing on the at MCR Footy Social Twitter page at the minute where uh, we took in some votes for the worst ever combined City United eleven um, ahead of the derby. Uh, the voting is open for right-backs at the moment. Uh, so if you want to get on Twitter and have a look at that, it's at MCR Footy Social. Have you had a look at these and, and I, I you two pen a thin? Um, well, it's got to be Gary Neville, surely. It's got to be <laughs> Gary Neville. Uh, and quickly, just before we go as well, predictions for the score tonight? <sighs> you, know, oh. you know what? I'd be happy with 1-1. One, one. Yeah, I'm going to score a draw, but I'm going to go for an exciting one, two, two. I'm going to be bold. I'm going to say Mahrez is going to score a goal. I'm going to say it's going to be a two-one victory to Manchester City Football Club. That will do me. I think Mahrez was going to score one of the goals in, in the. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe he'll score two. He score, scored one for us and one for them. Well, uh, that's it for us now. You can download this as a podcast as well. All you've got to go is uh, look for Manchester City Football Social wherever you get your podcast. So it just leaves it for me to say uh, thank you to Steve McInerney. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much to Alex Hilton. Oh, it's been a pleasure. I- I'm at McGinley. We're off to watch the football somewhere nearby. Come and join us if you fancy it. Manchester City Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Thanks for listening to the Manchester Football Social. This is the Manchester City Social. If you want to subscribe to this one in particular, search Manchester City Social, uh, Football Social on your podcast provider. There's also a red half if you're that way inclined. Manchester United Football Social. Don't forget as well, the Manchester Football Social covers both sides of the town. Anyway, my name is Stephen McInerney and thank you very much. Thank you. Alex, thank you very much. He's off mic. Thank you very much. There we go. (laughs) And we will see you next week.